Hello, everybody, and welcome to Take Two. As you can see, I've got Alex here with me evening. this evening. Um, no new announcements, except I hope you can join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. We are going to be having a, a Zoom meeting for everyone at Genesis. Probably in a couple of weeks, we'll keep you posted on that when the date is going to be in time, just because we really want to see you again and talk to you about some of the things that are happening as far as development with Genesis and our wanting to move forward, developing things with the children, opening up uh, to be able to gather again and hear from you things when you feel safe coming back, uh, those kinds of things. So we want your input and hope you can join us. Again, that'll be happening probably in a couple weeks. I'm going to be meeting with the leadership on Zoom this Saturday. Um, and then uh, we're going to go over some things. So uh, hopefully we'll see you guys soon. But this evening we're, again, looking back at what I shared Sunday uh, on Take Two. And I'm continuing uh, the series on transformation. Um, just going back in review, as we've been talking about this, we're trying to operate our lives in grace and truth like mm -hmm. Jesus did. And we see that it deals with more than just the things we say and the things we do, which we've titled our words and our mm -hmm. works, but it also deals with our heart, our wants, and that Jesus is always kind of pushing into that. It's not what comes out of a man or what goes into a man that defiles him. It's what comes out from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, those kinds of things where Jesus is always wanting to deal with the core of who we are, because if transformation takes place there, it starts to take place throughout our whole lives. And so in this transformation, we've looked at how do we know when something is pushing into our lives to change us or want to make us aware, and we've called those kairos moments, that detecting, and we've talked about that a little bit, how it shows up in so many different ways, and hopefully we're becoming more aware of when those moments are showing up and we're naming them. Uh, so that we can see them more clearly. We talked about digging, and digging is really about seeing that uh, uh, something be you become aware of happens for a reason because you're needing to change, which is repentance, mm -hmm. and it's good news, right? Repentance isn't you're bad, you need to get right, or you're going to hell. Repentance is readjusting your life so that it can start moving again in a, a good direction, and that's something we do daily. Um, more actually but you know it's those kinds of things and now we're getting to the place where we start to discern and the whole point of this was when we start getting into what's happening what we're needing to deal with what that uh, digging has uncovered then we have to discern what is it telling us and how can we make sure that we are on the right track and in this area of discernment I'm going to be talking about really three different things. I'm going to talk about security, belonging, and significance. But Sunday, I just talked about security and how this idea of security is a major role in our lives. Mm -hmm. um, I went to the garden and talked about uh, the serpent tempting Eve and said, look at the fruit. And when she saw that it was good for food, that was the idea of this can provide for my physical needs. And I guess we can start right there. You know, from the things I shared, 
what sparked your thoughts about security or questions that you had regarding what I was getting at? Uh, there was a lot in this one, so I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about. And also, too, we invite anybody to chime in yes. um, and chat questions, comments, anything, reactions, so we can make sure that this is a, a conversation not just between Sam and I, but also with you as well. Yes. Um, and, you know, what's funny is when you were going through the detect dig and discern again it Mm kind of gave me a visual of like a gold mining Hmm. where they use a metal detector they dig and then they discern by sifting right Hmm. and and it was so funny because you were just saying that and like (laughs) that's literally what came to me and i feel that's exactly like what we're doing right we're like when i think about the word discernment i think i really wasn't introduced to it until i came to church you know Mm -hmm. or at least in a way that was a daily thing for me or a daily yeah. practice, you know? So for us to kind of also understand what discernment is, it really is that sifting and kind of like understanding, right? Like yeah. what's, what's for me, what's from God. Um, and so maybe that'll come up a little bit later, but um, security, holy cow, that's a loaded one. Um, there was a lot that was going into this. I even looked up what the definition of security was. Oh, okay. And so I thought that was kind of interesting too. Yeah, like, you oh, got that with yeah, you? I yeah, I have it. Yeah, that. Um, let's see. So there's two, and both of them were, I I don't know if I was already just in a place where I was like, yes, Lord, speak to me. <laughs> um, so it made a lot of sense to me, but security defined by sweet Google is A, the state of being free from danger or threat. Okay. And B, a thing deposited or pledged as a guarantee of the fulfillment of an undertaking or the repayment of a loan to be fortified in case of default. Oh, wow. Right? That one's loaded. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) let me just go ahead and sit in that because I think how we define security and then also the promise of security in the cross, right? That's Mm -hmm. like what I was like, oh, man, like, my definition of security and God's definition of security. Yeah. And which one am I living by? Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and I talk about, you know, the bad news that we're looking at is anything that takes us away from the love that is mm-hmm. in God. Mm-hmm. Right. Which kind of goes into that second definition, you know, not trusting mm-hmm. in that. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that distances us from God or or puts a wall in between us and the love of God is bad news, Mm -hmm. right? And and so we're discerning what we are doing and maybe to see if it's bad news. Mm -hmm. In the area of security, um, it it shows up when we start putting so much trust Mm -hmm. in things, Mm -hmm. right? And, And that's kind of where we went into where I am looking to these things, these situations, uh, these people to be my security, Mm -hmm. right? And the bad news about that is if I put that total focus on that, then where is the security for those deeper things? Mm -hmm. You know, the things of my soul, the things of my, you know, uh, the quality of life, the things of love, the things that we can't see but are so important, Mm -hmm. um, and that's where we take things and make them idols, mm-hmm. right? We we put them in places where God's supposed to be, mm-hmm. and we use them to satisfy real needs that we have because mm-hmm. we all need security. 
it's a healthy thing and it's something we will crave and desire but when we start digging into the wrong things putting our hands on those wrong things it becomes problematic yeah and i like how you went into bad ideas presenting themselves in beautiful ways Mm -hmm. and how more often than not that's how they're presented to us and that's why it's so much easier I think to make them idols or to convince ourselves that they have a place or Mm -hmm. the place right yeah and uh yeah which is where the sifting needs to take place right correct because those things like I just said in and of themselves aren't bad right right none of those where whether it's you know, looking for security or significance, it doesn't matter. Those things are necessary for our lives, but finding out how those things are attaching themselves to us or how we're holding on to them is where that sifting takes yeah. place. And it goes back some to a conversation, I think maybe two times ago that I were I was here and we started talking about the wants and the desires, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm like, man, we need to have a conversation about discernment in this too. So I knew that it was coming later because that 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 wants and desires really does need to be sifted through, needs yeah. to be discerned through, right? Yeah, it, it is. And I think that's the original pushback when someone says, oh, you know, your desires matter. Right. Everyone is kind of like, oh, no, don't tell me about the desires. The, our desires are evil and, our, you know, they, and it's of course they can be. Right. But anything. Exactly. And, and so sifting through them is necessary, is important. And the important thing, again, is seeing where this takes you into a wrong direction, seeing where this is taking you to a place where your connection to the love of God is being challenged or, you know, in the story of the garden, you know, with Eve, it was, oh, this, it's good for, you know, it looks good to eat and it was pleasant to the eyes and it was something that could make her wise. Mm -hmm. All these things were challenging to who God was to her, Mm. right? God's given you all these trees you can eat from. Oh, but he didn't give you this one and you really need this one, right? And this one really, it looks better than all the others and it's going to make you like God, Mm -hmm. right? And I mean, there's so much in that, Mm -hmm. you know, story that can be dug into, but really it's about replacing God Mm -hmm. with something else. And that's what an idol is, right? That's what, why we are putting this with bad news and idolatry Mm -hmm. is because the bad news is it's separating you between the love of God and, and the idolatry is you're using this to bring something that God is supposed to bring. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I wrote, I wrote some things about, wants versus needs okay right so Mm -hmm. i i guess i just wrote that i didn't write some things i just wrote the (laughs) words wants and needs so we can unpack that if we want to Mm -hmm. um but yeah i was just that was just one of the things that had came to me when you were speaking i was like okay want or desires right is also Mm -hmm. wants versus needs and what does that mean and how am i sifting through those things and yeah you know i i think when i think of needs I think of how there are things that are a part of our life that we're not even aware of, um, like the air Mm -hmm. I breathe, Mm -hmm. you know, and I need air. And there's things like that that we need that our 
our bodies are driven to, our lives are driven to, because it is something that we can't do without. Um, the wants are a little different because the wants are things that you don't always need, but there's still the focus on them and the desire. And I think in this area of sifting and discernment, there is the danger of thinking that we are what we have, right? Mm -hmm. So these things I want are going to make me. Mm Instead of the things I want are just, or the things I need are just a part of me, mm-hmm. right? I need air. I don't like, well, I guess I'd want it if I was, you know, underwater. Gasping, but, right. <laughs> but in a different sense, right? We're, we're, we're talking about a different dynamic of desire. And so when I start looking for things to complete who I am, instead of saying that God has completed me in him, mm-hmm. then the want starts to become something that can blur my clarity of who my identity is, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Right. So I'm thinking, well, I I would be cooler if I had a Porsche, right? (laughs) I I would, you know, and then I think of that, how it would play into my identity. Mm -hmm. And so then I want that because I think I need that to make myself more instead of seeing that your identity isn't in that car mm-hmm. your identity is in who god has created you which can grow and develop but you don't need anything other than those things to start with yeah i think that's so complex right to <laughs> like <laughs> it's really it's really layered to even ask somebody to like cuz you you were talking some about how it wasn't challenging oh, I have to I have to I'm, I'm losing words for it but you were saying that it wasn't challenging like the whole bread it wasn't that we needed oh, take me back there um, yeah it wasn't it wasn't that when Jesus said man will not live by bread alone yes. he the bread wasn't the temptation uh-huh. it was thinking that bread would supply everything he needed yeah was the temptation. Yeah. And and so thinking that, well, if I just get the bread, I will have what I need. And he was saying, no, the the bread, sure, it provides something, Mm -hmm. but we don't live by that alone. Yeah. And so that is not the foundation. That's not the thing that carries us. And the temptation wasn't really the bread. The Mm -hmm. temptation is thinking that the bread was what you really needed. Yeah. And you're living in a society that's telling you the bread is what to chase. Oh. The bread is what we all, right? The American dream. Oh, man. You know how many things I've bought on Instagram <laughs> just because it shows up on my yeah. feed, right? It's like, oh, yeah, I need that, right? It, it just happens, and we see those things, and it, it's like a lure. And, and that's why the challenge was there to discern these things. Like, what, what's happening when I feel that? Yeah. You know, or, or when I'm reaching for something, what am I really reaching for? Yeah. You know, am I just reaching for that, you know, thing that mixes your drinks, you know, with battery operated? Or am I looking for something else? Am I looking for something that's bringing, a, a, I don't know, security? You know, something that's bringing a sense of, oh, yes, look at everything's good because I've got this thing. Right. Um, or, you know, that car or that home. Yeah. Or, 
And again, none of those things are bad. I, I've got one of those things that'll stir your coffee, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's one great. of my favorite things in life. <laughs> um, but yeah, making it about more than or seeing that it's more than the bread. Yeah. That's the hard part. Because I don't think we're always honest with ourselves. Yeah, because we've also bought into the lie, right? Like we've done it enough. Yeah. Like we've filled that space enough with other things that we've become part of the commercial to sell that thing. <laughs> yeah, and especially, I mean, I didn't step into this too much on Sunday because I already went long. But the idea of the temptation of Jesus was something that would continue. As I mentioned, he would be challenged again and again mm -hmm. to give in to this temptation. Mm -hmm. um, since you're the son of God, you know, let's let them make you king, mm -hmm. right? And he wasn't going to entrust himself to people and their view, but that was a view that was steering him away from the cross, yeah. right? And the whole idea of the temptation of Christ was that of how he was going to surrender to power, mm -hmm. right? Was it going to be power as the world's dynamic of it, which is what First John talks about when he says, love not the world, right? I, I wanted everyone to know that the world doesn't mean the trees and the sea and even the things. Um, and it doesn't even mean, you know, watching TV or, or all these things that I used to think it meant. It really is the system that is trying to control by power and force, mm -hmm. which is what Rome did. And then the contrast is the kingdom of God, which is what Jesus did, mm -hmm. right? And so the temptation for Jesus was to constantly force this idea of power, kingship, rule in a way that was the way of the world. Mm -hmm. And I think that's in our blood mm -hmm. for a lot of us, especially in the Western world, mm -hmm. um, where, you know, we're so proud of our might, mm -hmm. you know, our military and... I mean, my son is a Marine. I have friends that are in the military, and it, this isn't saying anything against them. Um, these people are heroes in so many ways. Uh, but the need to be powerful and thinking that power is how the world is going to change mm -hmm. is something that we hold on to very tightly. And it's hard to let go of that mentality when it comes even to our daily situations. Yeah, and I think, you know, you were talking about Jesus being tempted multiple times through that, right? And mm -hmm. also even you were saying, like, yes, power can be a, a blanketed, large, big-picture thing that people have as an idol, but the opportunities for idol happens daily mm -hmm. and by the moment, right? Yeah. Like, it's not just something that's... It's this one thing that I have that's above all. It's like in the daily decisions that we're making, right? Yeah. And the opportunity to discern or the opportunity to replace um, God with something else is always there. So mm -hmm. it's this constant, right? Not just yeah. this one thing. Like, no, it's like all the time. <laughs> yeah, and the idea of how we are going to use whatever authority we have, yeah. whatever power we have. You know, you're in, in an area of leadership mm -hmm. at the school you work. I'm in an area of leadership and as a pastor. Mm -hmm. How am I going to utilize that or right. with our family, with our yeah. children? Right. How am I going to assert myself in these areas? Um, am I going to do it in a way that is generous and, 
you know, in this grace and truth, or mm-hmm. am I going to force something because I can't? Right? Yeah. Um, those are areas where, again, this temptation, and that's an area of security for some people. It's like, no, this gives me security because I'm in control of this. Yeah. And, and I think security and control, right, they're like twins, man. Mm-hmm. They're just sitting there together, or we think they have to be together. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think it's a hard thing for us to find security and let go of control. Mm. And that's kind of something we really have to do. Yeah. Um, if, if we're living in reality, yeah. we, we realize we don't have much control of anything. Um, yeah, false sense of security, false sense of control. Right? Mm-hmm. I even think about like what you were just saying with the whole work situation and um, the positions that we've been interested with and leading folks and mm-hmm. whatnot. And I think about my growth in leadership and even just talking to Brian, you know, a month ago and telling him like, man, I feel like I'm in such a different place in leadership right now because I'm really intentionally trying to embrace servant leadership, hmm. leadership, like taking myself out of it. Right. Yeah. And what does that really look like? It's like letting go of control, letting go of ego, letting yeah. go of success, how I've defined it, letting go of all expectations. Right. Mm-hmm. And really just showing up and being being loved, be like serving my colleagues, serving, you know, my employees and that is it's different, but it yeah. also yields different results. Yeah. It, I mean, well, let's lean into that. I mean, what are you seeing the the fruit of that kind of leadership? How is it yielding a different result? I think there's a tremendous amount of freedom in it. Yeah. Uh, for me, myself, I feel like stress and anxieties and, and expectations mm. that I've created, like those things no longer exist because I've sort of um, surrendered mm-hmm. expectation and control to like the joy isn't in the success, how I've defined it. Mm-hmm. The joy is in the process and the journey and being with people. Yeah. I also see my colleagues doing that in their own way. Right. Yeah. So it's infectious yeah. in a good way. Right. So then they are rippling from, growth and realization that I've been having because they're a byproduct of my team, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if that made much sense. But. No, I, I think it did, especially the idea of anxiety, you know, and pressure. There's something very freeing when you don't have to be in control. Oh, yeah. Um, and, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, you know, when Corrine and I even – will go to, you know, like when I've gone to Haiti or someplace, you know, and I'm living in in a place, I mean, sometimes it was like a tent, you know, and this is like very third world and none of the luxuries are there, but I find myself so stress-free because I'm not worrying about all the other things that are going on in my life. I don't have to do these. I'm having someone tell me where to go, someone interpreting what I say. I'm so dependent. I don't have to worry about so much, right? And it's just kind of... Those times I've wondered, why do I feel so stress-free in another country in these circumstances? Um, And I think that's why. It's like, I don't have all these other things to worry about. Distractions. Yeah. And, gosh, we we put those on ourselves. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Because then you think about, like, when he says, like, my yoke is is light, my yoke is easy. Mm -hmm. Like, it sure is. Just take that. You know what I mean? And I'm like, why do I ever feel like I can do it better? Yeah. <laughs> Cause when you do, when you really do surrender things and you, and you put 
your security and your trust in Christ, it's like, <sighs> yeah. I mean, let's talk about that. What that looks like, the security then, when it changes, right? Because we know what it is to have the security of control, mm-hmm. right? We know what it feels like, and I think we, even if we're not in positions of leadership or management. Um, we have the feeling of control and security mm-hmm. in that compulsive buying mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. a lot of our compulsive behaviors give us a sense of security. Mm-hmm. That's where we get that serotonin push mm-hmm. that makes us feel good. What does security look like that doesn't have that dynamic to it? The security of freedom. What about responsibility right how do we marry those two you know the freedom and the responsibility and let's get security in there Mm. right i think when we it's funny because i think sometimes when we live in faith or we live fully trusting god to those who don't know it looks absolutely insane and irresponsible yeah and communicating that experience to Folks who are non-believers or don't know that level of trust in God mm-hmm. is an interesting thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts there? Well, I, I think faith, You when you said the word faith, faith is, I think, a big part of this. Um, if, if I really believe that there is a God, a mm-hmm. being force, whatever you're Mm going to call it, that cares, Mm -hmm. that is concerned, Mm -hmm. um, that is operating in the ways that Jesus exemplified, then I have to take everything that is happening, even the crazy things happening in the world right now, as not out of his sight, not out of his care, not out of his working, not his intention not his design, because we have that freedom, but that God is going to take these circumstances and still maintain it. It's like, it's like a stream that's moving, and it's a, a huge stream, and you throw you know, a, a stick in it, the stick's going to go where that stream's going, and it might get caught up on some rocks, and it might get over here, but the stream's moving, and mm-hmm. I believe God is like that stream where he's moving, and he's moving humanity in a direction, and even in the harsh times, like what's happening with Palestine and Israel, or what's happening you know, in our country, um, and COVID, all these things, God is still caring and working and developing in us things, and I think the security comes when, you know, Jesus said a man's life doesn't consist of the abundance of his possessions. Well, what does it consist of then? Well, if it's not in how much we have, then I think it's who we are, mm-hmm. right? Just like the, the bread alone. Mm-hmm. It, it's not that you have these things. It's not that you don't have cancer. It's not that there isn't war. It's not these things. It's in who you are connected to who God is, you're a part of that stream moving Mm -hmm. with it that brings a sense of security of I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm doing what I can do and what I'm supposed to do, and I don't have to worry about what I can't change. I just need to be who I can be in this role that I live in. 
and that can bring a sense of security, a, a sense of, okay, this is where I'm at. How do you articulate that to somebody who might not be there mm-hmm. without sounding ignorant or irresponsible? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think you know? I think we do this in other ways. I think of you know family that we have uh-huh. deep ties to, um, and something happens. Someone in the family gets sick. Someone gets hurt. Correct. And there's little you can do about it. You can't take away the cancer. You can't do the operation. You don't have the finances to bail them out or whatever it is. But you can be there with them. And sometimes just the presence with them is all that they need. Yeah. You know, it's enough to hold them through this circumstance. And I think in a similar way, that's what's happening with God is there's a presence that's there that even though circumstances aren't changing, there is still comfort that can be found. There's still security can be found just in that presence Mm -hmm. and that dynamic of a relationship. Um, I think we don't put enough weight on things that we can't see and, and which is part of our security problem we we put weight on things we can control manipulate and right. that becomes something that we feel tangible but we all know what it's like to have someone who's just there with us yeah right we we all know what it's like for us to have uh get that kind word at the right time mm-hmm. that encourages us that helps us that lifts our spirits that gives us vision to see and all it was was maybe, you know, a text or mm-hmm. a hand around the shoulder saying, I love you. Um, that can mean the difference between whether I make it or break it. And the power of that can't be measured except in our heart, mm-hmm. right? And, and so where else are we going to find security but in those kinds of things, yeah. you know, that are more weighty? than all those other things. Mm -hmm. I wrote down that, because you were even saying, like, it's the things that are unseen, and I wrote down that some of the scripture that you were referring to when the temptation came, it came through various senses. Mm -hmm. And, like, I I don't know, I kind of wanted to explore that a little bit more about, like, our senses and how those were technically given to us for survival, right? And, like, they're the way in which we engage with the world, but they're also the way in which we're deceived most often. Mm. <laughs> like it's, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, gosh, that, that's, and that's part of the sifting, right? That's part of the yeah. discerning. It, it's like, okay, I'm feeling this way. Right. Okay. Is the feeling good or bad? Could be either. Right? I went through at the end and saying, talking about these yeah. things of security. Like if you, you know, are always picking the cheapest thing, mm-hmm. you know, there might be a security issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there might not be. Right. You might just not have much money in the bank, and that's a frugal thing to do, right? <laughs> that it, It's not necessarily a, a security issue, and the way you feel isn't necessarily a bad thing mm-hmm. or a good thing. You have to kind of weigh it and see what's underneath it and what's it leading to and where is it coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're 
feeling emotional about someone where you mm -hmm. feel very um, fond of them, you know, like infatuation. You know, when I first started dating Kareem, mm -hmm. you know, I was just, you know, couldn't wait to see her and just my get excited and just wanting to, you know, talk to her all the time, being on the phone. Back then they were landlines, right? <laughs> and we were talking, today's our anniversary, by the way. 37 years. What yeah. the heck? Congratulations. I know. I know. She's at home right now. but um, Get out of here. Yeah. Anyways. So those things that, you know, I used to feel were so exciting, um, but I couldn't live like that forever. I, I couldn't stay in that kind of emotional high. I'd just be drained. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't eat. I just couldn't exist. And eventually that emotion had to grow and change and mm -hmm. get some roots in it and develop some depths in it. Mm -hmm. And it had to go through some hard knocks and it had to learn how to take some hard knocks, right? And grow to have a little bit more depth to it. And I think that those are the ways that the sifting starts to take place and show me, okay, because what happens then if I just, you know, I see someone, I start feeling the way I used to feel. Mm -hmm. Well, what about the roots that I've put down? Mm -hmm. What about the, the deeper feelings that I have? What about the things that are now connected to this, like our children, mm -hmm. like, you know, our families? What about all those other things that are now a part of this emotion? You see, a feeling can come and go, but it can also develop roots and grow. And where is it going to grow to? Mm -hmm. What's it going to lead us to? I think that's the kind of things where we find out what security are we really putting it in? Is it in the, the tree of knowledge that looks good and it can make us wise? Or is it in the God who gave these trees altogether? Those are the kinds of things where I think we have to have that discernment to understand where is it taking me? Mm. Because, <clears throat> and, and we're quick, I'm quick, to make a decision without thinking. Yeah. You know, yeah. I made a lot of bad ones by doing that, you mm -hmm. know, and then there's some things that we have guidelines, you know, whether it be parents, whether it be friends, let's knock it off, you know, stop it. That's dumb. Don't do that. You know, that's a bad decision. Don't take that job. What are you thinking? You know, that can help us maybe see things more clearly um, so that that emotion doesn't just run with us, mm -hmm. you know, because it can. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if that answered him. I don't even remember what I asked, to be honest. <laughs> I think we were talking about senses, so... Yeah, how the senses show up and what, how do we deal with them, the good yeah. or the bad. Hmm. Let me see what else I wrote. <laughs> what do you got in there? Um, well, any time that we act in fear, and I think fear is one of those things that can help us understand or discern... Anytime that we act in fear of not being secure, we can more easily give in to the temptation to try and grasp for something for security. Because I'm afraid, I don't want to be alone, I'm going to marry this guy. Mm -hmm. Right? Because I'm afraid that, you know, I might lose my job or something, I'm going to make this decision. Mm -hmm. And allowing fear to be something that pushes us to security can be a dangerous thing. Mm -hmm. um, 
because I think then what we're doing is we're being more primal in our instinct of that feeling, right? It's like, oh, no, I feel it, and I'm just going to do whatever I need to survive instead of realizing that you're more than that. Mm -hmm. You're not here just to survive. You're here to thrive. You're here to live. You're here to grow. You're here to be a part of, you know, these things. And I think fear can seclude us, and it can push us into some places where security becomes an idol to us. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I think it even goes, like one of the definitions was talking about that free from danger or threat. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think th- this piece that you're saying about where is it leading you to, mm-hmm. that's that's a big takeaway right now. I, I feel like, I don't know, that that's something that we need to keep unpacking is like, yeah, I mean, and it's, let's be honest, sometimes it's not always clear. Right. right. Sometimes I don't know exactly where it's taking me to, but then maybe the question could be, who is it making me become? Yeah. You know, and, and is it making me become someone better or worse? Um, because I think at the core of this sin of security, I think fear is at the core. The fear of losing, the fear of not having enough, the fear of, you know not being in control. Um, and so if this emotion is leading me mm-hmm. to be more fearful, mm-hmm. maybe that's a good telltale sign that it's not a good thing in my life. Yeah. Um, or if it's being driven by that fear, uh, then maybe, you know, it's a not, it's not a good thing to give into those things. I mean, fear is a, a useful thing, but it's useful. It's usually useful in those emergencies, mm-hmm. right? You know, when there's a tiger loose and you have to <laughs> run, right? Then fear is a good thing, but it's not a good thing when it detaches you from the character you want to have, mm-hmm. uh, the, the values that you want to hold, and that's what it can do for the need of security. Mm-hmm. I will bypass these things and I'll start lying, cheating in business so that I can maintain the money, right? Um, that's giving in. And that's where you start seeing the emotion and where it's taking you yeah. by what it's making you become. Yeah, I think any time, like a, pra- a practical takeaway, I think for me would be that I've been trying more because I, I'm so naturally... I'm okay making decisions mm-hmm. and I'm okay taking the fault for whatever's going on like that. That's very much who I am. Yeah. You know, you, you know this about <laughs> me. I'm like, all right, I'm fine making the decision. You, nobody yeah. wants to choose. I'll choose, you know? <laughs> um, and so I move forward really quickly. And so I've been trying to be more intentional with prayerfully moving forward or mm. prayerfully saying yes or no to things. Right. Yeah. So it's not that the, the initial I know is mine. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, let me pause and consult, <laughs> yeah. right? Let me at least give God the opportunity to speak and and be silent so I can listen mm-hmm. to see, hey, you know what I mean? Even yeah. just that one second, like, okay, let's discern. Is, is this real? Is this decision? Is this yes or is this no going to lead you in the direction of vision that I've already placed on your heart of a calling of a purpose Mm -hmm. that I've already placed, right? Is this going to get me closer? Is it going to get me further? It makes me think about, um, one of my mentors in college, she used to say, you know, when, when Jesus was on his way to the cross, he was 
you know, he was always on his way to the cross, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and yeah. so there was a lots of things that he was doing with his disciples along the way. He was stopping. He was healing people. He was doing some really amazing things. Mm-hmm. And a few times his disciples were like, let's just stay here. Yeah. Let's just do this. Yeah. But he never just stayed there doing a really good thing. He's mm-hmm. like, no, I have this other really great thing yeah. that I'm on the path to, right? Yeah. And how these sort of distractions and opportunities can also present themselves in really miraculous ways. Yeah. But it's not your end game. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, Peter thought he was doing a great right. thing, right? said, Lord, I'll never let you die. Right. right? He's like, get in the back seat. Right? Yeah. You're not driving this train, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, and that's where, again, it, it can look good. Yeah. And it could be a good thing, but it, it's not the thing that you're supposed to be doing. And, you know, when I say you're supposed to be doing, that is so general. Um, but I believe everybody has purpose. Yeah. Right? And significance. We're going to get into that later on. And, and I think we can make our lives insignificant by taking on everything. Right. Right. And so now my, I have no purpose because I'm doing everything. Right. You know, and now I, I'm not able to do anything well, and I'm not actually fulfilling maybe the things that my heart desires to do, right, in, again, this grace and truth context. Um, so then I've kind of thwarted myself by not making the right decisions. Yeah. Um, I think especially for those of us who our natural helpers. I think that's so <laughs> so many of us, right? Especially yeah. for the people that I've gotten to know here in the Genesis community, that's like naturally who we are. We're like, yeah, I'll help or yeah, I'll do this. And then, but when you're saying yeah to something, you're also saying no to something else. And most yeah. of the time it's you and um, dreams and, and visions and um, callings that God has placed on your heart, right? Yeah. And so a, a no is... Not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, and I guess, you know, in this idea of security, too, recognizing that you you aren't someone better because you say yes all the time. Correct. Right? Your security of your identity isn't, well, if I say no to them, then what I'm, are they going to think of me? And that's going to kind of come into some other things mm-hmm. that we talk about. But that's definitely a part of this because... What we're wanting is, again, recognition in this area of security. We're trying to hold on to control. And sometimes we just say yes because we're still trying to keep all those plates up. You know, it's like, no, I can I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. And we're just spinning all those plates. And we have to realize that that's not giving us any better place, more security. If anything, it's splintering us, you know, into more fragmented pieces so that we become more insecure I think ultimately, um, you know, security is such an elusive thing, right? And I think it was C.S. Lewis in his book, The Problem of Pain, that talks about, you know, the joy that we crave, the, the things that we are always looking for. If we were to get them, kind of like you were saying, we would want to stay there. Mm-hmm. And it's almost this longing that keeps us pushing towards more, mm-hmm. you know. And I think this lack of security is part of our design to crave what only God can give, mm. right? And another one of his quotes is, if there is nothing in this world 
that is able to satisfy me, then maybe I was made for another world. Yeah. Right. And so maybe that's that kind of key of, you know, maybe this idea of wanting to feel secure, wanting to feel safe will always be elusive because it's never going to take place usually where we're looking. Yeah, and even if you feel like you get that and you're like, ah, I know I know what that means and mm-hmm. I know the implications for my life and I know how this should inform my decisions, you know, you feel like you get the concept and then you do something else that <laughs> makes you show, like, that demonstrates, oh, you really don't got it, you know? Yeah. Like, you really still have a tremendous amount to grow because yeah. in so many different aspects, I'm like, yeah, like... I have relinquished control in that area of my life and I'm for sure grounded in, in Christ and I've completely, you know, surrendered that to him. No, you know, and then something else will happen that'll challenge me and take me to this next level of trust and this next level of putting all my chips to him, right? Like going all in on him. Yeah. And, and then then you're you're somebody like my husband who's like I want I'm just going to do it all the time. Let me just always, you know, I'm always going to put all my chips on on God and see what happens and then you know, I'm like what the heck are you doing? <laughs> Help me understand, you know. Um but this kind of like reckless trust or just it, and it really is so countercultural, right? Because it's it's in the un, it's on the unseen. It's like yeah. it's what people don't understand. It's just this radical yeah. freedom. And, and- just something just jumped in my mind as you're talking about that. I was just thinking, you know, it, it seems childish, mm. but children are yep. probably more secure. Yeah. Right. Oh, than... Sam. That's so good. <laughs> That's so good. I mean, it, it, it really is. Yeah. It, it, it's this yep. complete trust and this complete lack of control. Right. Right. And this complete, like, I'm just jumping in the pool. Yep. You know, wait, you don't know how to swim. Yeah, but I'm jumping in because yep. you're here. Yep. Yeah, and it's just like, wow, you know, there's a different sense of security. That's foolishness. Going back to that, what would you say to people who right. saw that? That's what I'd say. Yeah. I'd say, look at children. Who's more secure, right? And the child in their trust for the love that these parents have for them yeah. and the freedom that they have and the joy you can see in their life. Mm-hmm. Or us, you know, who are worrying about so many meticulous things, trying to hold on to it, you know. So, yeah. Just be kids again. I know. Yeah, it's so, so great. That's so good, Sam. Yeah, I, you know, you, you think about that. So, yeah, so, I mean, back to going back to what I was saying, I was like, we, we feel like we've made growth and we make progress in certain areas, mm-hmm. but you're just reminded, like, oh, no, you still got a lot to, you still got a lot to yeah. grow, and, and then there's opportunities for expansion of that, right? Yeah. Like, because then a new a new event, a new Kairos moment will come into your life. Yeah, just an awakening. I mean, yep. I was talking with Brian last night and, you know, just talking about faith and, you know, sharing something mm-hmm. that we've shared quite a bit is just, I think it was Brian. Um, you know, I know God less now than I did when I first accepted Jesus. Got it. Because God is so much bigger. Correct. Now, right? and, and so um, it's one of those things where you start realizing that, you know, I, I, I thought I was just in a, a wading pool and then I found out, no, it's an ocean. Yeah. And, and I'm in the middle of it and it's much bigger than I thought. And I, I, there's. There's also false security in thinking you're in a wading pool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Thinking that I know when the where the deep i know this is only goes to three feet 
Yeah. And if you didn't allow yourself to, you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Well, yeah, that false security too, when you think you know what God wants right. for everybody. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That you're, yeah, you're, you're, your God's really small and you're, you're right. playing in the pool, you know, in that sense. And so, yeah, it's a, a big difference, but you know, there was another C.S. Lewis at C.S. Lewis day. Um, that quote that God has not told us to fear anything else except for himself. Mm-hmm. If you're in a notion by yourself, then that you would be consumed. I would <clears throat> with the fear of that ocean mm-hmm. and drowning and that fear would be the only thing you would have to think about, except maybe sharks. Um, but the whole idea is this is so consuming that there's not room for anything else. Mm-hmm. And what if the idea of the fear of the Lord is that not to be afraid of like a, a slavish terror kind mm-hmm. of thing, but a, a such awe of that there's no room for anything else to hold on to you. Yeah. Right. And again, it goes back to that stripping away of all these other things that kids don't worry about. Yeah. You know, they're not worried. My grandson doesn't worry about how much gas it takes to go here and go there or how much money it takes to go to Walmart and buy another toy. He doesn't care about any of those things. He's just living in that moment. If we could live in that place where all these other fears are stripped away, where the only thing that consumes us is the awe of God, um, what security would that bring? And freedom. Yeah. Like when you were saying all of that, that's literally when, when I've had, when I've come to the intersection, that intersection, right, of like complete trust and and um, everything else going away, like the freedom that you experience in that mm-hmm. is unlike anything you can create for yourself. Yeah. Ever, you know? And isn't it interesting when that happens is at the time the of darkest the, time, yeah, at the, least for me, it's been like, you yeah. know, when someone passes the bottom falls like, out. Yeah. For real. Because you're like, Oh my gosh, there's nothing else to hold on to. And then when you get a hold of God and you see that he's been there the entire time, you're like, Oh my gosh, not only can I breathe, but I have perspective and I have yeah. understanding and it's helping me over. I mean, just so many different things yeah. you're get, you like, there's so much freedom in that and there's security in that freedom, right? Like that's what he offers. Yeah. It's just a different type of security than we're used to. Mm -hmm. And it's not the tangible Mm -hmm. things we've been Mm -mm. sold Mm -mm. um, or we bought into, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, that's what the serpent was selling, you know, Hey, look at this. Hey, this is going to make you, you've been missing out because you haven't had this, you know? And then when it's gone, it's like, I wasn't missing out. Right. You know, I, I was distracted. I wasn't missing out of anything. I was just distracted with other things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that's, it, it's so interesting when I do, you know, funerals, memorial services, mm-hmm. dealing with people who've had that kind of loss. There is a, a, a raw awakening that takes place in, in people at those times. I mean, it's taken place in my life mm-hmm. a few times and others I know. It's just like, all of a sudden the clarity of life and the brevity of life and, you know, something that seems, you know, like it's so like a vapor, James would say, you know, it's like, oh man, this could be taken away so easily also becomes so important. Mm -hmm. 
right? It's like, wait, it, it, it's, it's so fleeting, but it's so powerful, mm -hmm. you know? It's like, oh, you're just one in six billion, or you're one in six billion. That's good, yeah. Right? It, it, it's that kind of either or disappearing and becoming just kind of the weight of both of those living in that um, is something that I think that security is pulling us to. Right? It's pulling us to this deeper, this mm -hmm. more balanced, this more living, mm -hmm. you know, uh, understanding of what security is, that it, it's not something that is stable and never moving. It's something that is growing with that stream of God, you know, that we're, we're going with. Um, it, it has to, you know, yeah. it has to grow. Otherwise, I, I don't think it, it's really secure. If we're not growing because God is so big and God is, you know, pulling us towards more, if we're holding on to something, odds are we're not secure. Yeah. I, I like that that visual of it, security being f not fluid, but in motion. Mm -hmm. um, I, and I'm not sure if that's exactly what you were trying to get to, but just the fact that it's constant, it's evolving, it's every, it's anything other than being in one spot, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, gosh, yeah, there's so many illustrations to that. What happened if you would, you know, if security to you was, you know, investing in, you know, DeLorean, um, you know, <laughs> when they came out and yeah. you said, man, this is the hottest ticket. And right. so that was security. And then it just stayed there. Right. And then it didn't branch out into other things, you mm -hmm. know, that, oh, it had to go to Windows. It had to go to, you know, Mac. It had to go to Bitcoin, whatever that is. Right. I mean, it just... There's always motion. There's always movement. How much more so in God? How much more so in the living things and not just these physical, tangible things that are happening? And so I think there has to be growth in this area of security mm -hmm. for it to be real. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Good you know, and, and I think in Jesus is teaching us how to pray when he says, give us today daily bread it's like god if i can just get something to eat today yeah and again i just think of my grandkids man they don't worry about what they're going to eat later they right. just eat right now and right. they enjoy it man my little everly my little evie man she eats that girl <laughs> enjoys her food and i enjoy watching her and the reason she enjoys it so much is she just is there eating it. She's yeah. not worrying about, wonder what's going to happen for dinner. Right. She doesn't care. She just cares about what she's eating right now. You know, um, give us today what I need because then I can fully be alive and find security in the things that last. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that presence. <laughs> yeah. Being present and acknowledging all the things, all the feels, all the questions, all the doubts, all the everything, right? Like, Isn't that faith? Right. right. It's like all these things, I was talking with Randy about it, I think Sunday, you know, all these things that have come out about Mother Teresa, mm -hmm. you know, she was a chain smoker mm -hmm. and she had all these doubts. It's like, what are you doing to my image of Mother Teresa, right? <laughs> you're destroying it. And no, you're actually making it more powerful because mm -hmm. that's what faith looks like. Yeah. Here's a woman who was there 
and you know these poverty-stricken places in India, helping, serving, just selflessly, doubting, smoking, fretting, but still doing it. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like every day she had to say, "Okay, day." Today, right. give me my daily bread. That's right. How else can you do what she did except for every day just say, okay, just give me what I need today. Yeah. Right? What if we could just do that? The security we could have and just say, God, today, just give me what I need today. Yep. Right? Instead of, okay, no, I got to put my portfolio together and I got to get these things prepared for all these things. Yeah, it's so, it's so odd because sometimes I feel like I need other people to give me permission to be present and I think that's such a weird thing saying out loud but like hmm. like I I am always thinking about what's next I'm always thinking it's, I also feel like it's part of how I love is anticipating hmm. others needs mm-hmm. anticipate like sometimes I'll say you know some I'll do something and I'm like Thanks, past Alexandra, for thinking about future <laughs> Alexandra, you know? But past Alexandra wasn't present for herself, you know? Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the times I, I'm trying to show up for myself to just be present because I'm always thinking about what's next. I'm always there. Mm. Yeah. And I'm not here, mm-hmm. you know? And sometimes I need somebody to be like, hey, just don't worry about those things. Yeah. I, I far far too often than not, need Brian to give me permission or mm. in, invite me to just be, be present. Yeah. <laughs> to just be present because yeah. I'm always over here. You know, that's yeah. my, that's my, I don't know. That's my general space. That's yeah. I'm always, I'm always over there. Okay. My future Sam is talking to me right now saying, where the heck were you? <laughs> <laughs> we needed you to do something. No, <laughs> no but I, I think in, in all these areas, right, the whole idea of security is not holding on tightly to things that <sighs> don't matter um, and finding out what those things matter by seeing how they affect you, mm-hmm. seeing how how much hold they have on you, how mm-hmm. much they're anchoring you mm-hmm. or how much they're like in your case, you know, putting you ahead and not allowing you to be present. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be either or. Um, and so again, discernment is an active word, right? It, mm-hmm. It's something that's, you, you've got to engage in it. It's mm-hmm. not just, okay, is it this or this? And you can ch- ch- check off the boxes. You got to lean into it. Mm-hmm. You do have to sift it. You have to kind of, struggle with it and wrestle with it a little bit to see where it's leading you and you might have to u-turn it you know it's like okay this is going the wrong way i need to rethink this you know i think that's part of the security is knowing that you can and you're not stuck in life i mean think of the freedom that is you're never stuck right god is always there saying no i'm here Right. Oh man, I made the worst decision in my life. It's okay. We can go from here. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not the end. Um, you know. So we want to keep those things in mind because some people, you know, we want to be lifting up Kurt. And right now, he had mentioned that a friend of his had taken his life. And you know, it's people who feel stuck because. They were looking for security, I think, and it wasn't found because they were trying to hold on to something, not realizing that everything could be let go and you could still find security. Mm-hmm. Right? All those things that you're wanting to hold on to, you can, you can let go of those things. There's security in 
the love of God for you and the love of God for you that's there in other people, mm -hmm. you know. People who think that they're alone and no one's there for them and take their lives are never alone, mm -hmm. you know, and always have people care for them. It's just they're stuck in that place. And I think, you know, this idea of security, again, is, is something where we're not anchored and holding on to this love that is there, that is fluid, that is growing, that is, you know, molding us mm -hmm. and, and maneuvering our hearts to connect with other people. Um, we, are, we, we can't find security in anything else. Um, everything else, you know, fades. Yep. And the promise that is newness, right? Like I feel like that's something that's made available to ev to us every single day. Like mm -hmm. there's security in I don't need the beginning of the month or the beginning of the year mm -hmm. to have something new, yeah. right? Like thank you, God, for this moment that yeah. you are making new. Your yeah. promise and your security for fresh start every single day that I ask for it yeah. right that I show up and say hey yeah can we can we try again yeah mercies <laughs> are new every morning correct yeah what a powerful life to live in if you yeah the security in that like that's one of my favorite things to thank God for because I'm yeah. like okay let's try this again yeah <laughs> you know okay. thank you okay yeah that, that was a heck of a 50 years <laughs> but honestly yeah no it, it it's true and that that's what brings hope and that is yeah brings freedom mm -hmm. and security um that mercy and, and again anything that takes us away from that is a lie mm -hmm. and it, it'll usually take us to something that becomes an idol mm -hmm. because it's taking us away from that mercy that love mm -hmm. that freedom that comes in that relationship with God. Amen. 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 That seems like a good place to, yeah. to end this. No questions here. So thank you guys for joining in. I hope you guys you. listen to this. And, and we would love to be able to do this with people here and get some input. So um, think about that. Maybe there's be other ways we can figure out how to do that. But I'd love to do that because these are life conversations. Mm -hmm. I think that would, I mean, I'd love to, I mean, I love that you put, um, what would someone think who thought this was foolish, right? I mean, I love just because I got to go there. I've got to remember, you know, that people aren't coming from my, you know, perspective. And how do I bring the reality of God into the heart of someone who needs it? Mm -hmm. and, and I believe God is already there making it known. Sure. Right? And finding these ways to uncover it. Is, yeah. And I think it's important for us to always have that sort of mindset because you know, it's about taking it out of this place, right? Mm -hmm. And how, how do you communicate to somebody who's not on the same page or let alone reading the same book that you yeah. are, right? But we have something so special and we yeah. have this access to true security and freedom and all of this, like, you know, like yeah. we have to be able to think critically and consider different ways to communicate these thoughts to make them accessible to folks who are at different points in their journey. Yeah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> And happy anniversary Thank from you. everybody out there <laughs> from Gil. Thanks, Gil. <laughs> well, you guys, again, uh, love these conversations and 
hope you do too. Thank you for joining us, those who will tune in later. Again, if you have any questions, you can always uh, get a hold of me. Uh, you can email us or email me. I'd love to talk to you if any of these stir up questions. This is what I love doing is talking. So uh, <laughs> God bless you guys. Again, we love you and take care. Have a, a great day. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.